Welcome to the Grace Hill Podcast, a weekly podcast of our Sunday messages driven by our pastor, Michael Norman. Grace Hill exists to bring God's biblical truth to your everyday life. As we begin this week's message, we invite you to open your Bibles and capture what God has in store for you today. So it is such an honor and a privilege to be here with family. Some of you I already know. Some of you I've met this morning. First of all, can we talk about breakfast tacos at church? Hallelujah. That is an amazing, amazing way to just welcome people into the house of the Lord. We are going to eat tacos and chips and salsa and queso in heaven. So we might as well do it here when we come together as the body of Christ. Right? We miss it. There are Mexican restaurants in Minnesota. But they're not good. No. But out of desperation, we will go. Because we don't have any other option. And so, but thank you for that. Thank you for having us. It is just, we don't take it lightly to come and share the word of God. And when Madison and I were talking about what to share, oh man, brother, sister, mom and dad, friends and family, we want to make sure that what we bring to you today is something that's going to be encouraging to you and is going to come from the heart of our heavenly father. Because none of you are here by accident. Some of you thought, well, I came because it's Mother's Day, and you come to church on Mother's Day. It is so much more than that. And gentlemen that are in the room, while you are not a mom, there are bits of truth and wisdom that God has woven into this message this morning that are for you too. So please don't tune out, because then I'll have to put on my principal hat, and I'll come for you. (laughs) So, Maddie, spiritual motherhood, we're going to talk about that this morning. Yes. And we thought it would be fitting to talk about how it began, and Pastor Tamara alluded to it, um, in part because I loved this woman so much, and then because of my love for her, I absolutely adore Pastor Michael. I mean, who could not? When they moved away, they moved to East Texas, and then they had kids, and I thought, how am I going to know these children? (laughs) You live forever away. But then they came back to Dallas, and I purposed in my heart that I was going to know their kids. They didn't know it, and I couldn't actually tell them because that would have been really weird. They were like, why, did, why is she looking at me like that, and why does she keep talking to me? But I had to find a way to give back what had been poured into me. And the only way that I knew to do that was to be a friend and to love these girls like nobody's business. And so I love this love young me. lady. <laughs> Sometimes she's like, can I have some space? <laughs> But I love this young lady, and it starts because of what your mom did for me. That is why I pour into you and look out for you and get all up in your business. (laughs) You know? Um, When did you realize you couldn't get rid of me? I think the first day, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell when somebody adores you, and I think that for me it started with just this unconditional love from a woman that I had no idea who she was. I mean, I knew of her, but I didn't know the power that she held within her. And so I think it began for me in that pursuance, that persistence, um, that not, she wasn't a weirdo, but she was um, persistent in trying to get to know me and showing me that she loved me. Um, So day one, I knew. (laughs) I didn't want to know, but I knew. (laughs) And then the Lord sent us to Minneapolis, 
And I remember sitting, we came to visit um, your pastors. We, we had just had our second child. Um, we have three kids, Clinton and I, three boys. Hallelujah, men of God. They're going to be men of integrity and they're going to yeah, make great husbands one day. Look at them. The oldest is Caden. He's seven. The middle one is Malachi. He's five and a half and three quarters is what he would tell you. And then Shepard is our caboose. He is 20 months old. He is the end. There will be no more. (laughs) So the Lord sent us to Minneapolis and it was amazing. And then God sent us Madison. And I was so excited that she came. But let me tell y'all something that you may not realize about Texas culture. We are very warm, yes? Warm people, we hug, we kiss. Um, we are physical touch, givers of affection type of people, right? Let me tell you about Minneapolis. They don't do it like that up there. We haven't changed. They barely wave. It's <laughs> like, there's nothing. And so um, when Madison came, I didn't re- I knew it, but I didn't realize it until I saw it in my single beautiful daughter because she is my Minnesota daughter. That's how we introduce her when we are out and about. And so I'm watching all of these boys and they're just like, literally, they're just catching their breath. I mean, look at her. And then you get to know her and you just can't help but just adore everything that she is. But I had to say, honey, you, you can't treat these people like you're back home because all of these boys are going to think that you're in love with them. <laughs> and you're not. You're just being Texan. So it's been an interesting thing to watch these boys just fall left and right. And um, so periodically I do check. that. Yes, you know, I check. Uh, Are you interested in anybody? No, ma'am. Because she says, no, ma'am. Is anybody pursuing you right now? No, ma'am. Is there anybody that I need to get rid of? No, ma'am. Usually. But Clinton and I check pretty pretty regularly because... um, You don't know this, but that's the deal they made with us when they sent you. I'm sure. I'm sure. She does well, really, all by herself of getting rid of these guys. So, but um, it's just great having Madison in our life, in our family. She is part of our family. If you ask our children, who's your family? Mom, dad, sister, because that's what they call her, sister. And so she is firmly grafted in a part of us. And this family goes beyond just that maternal feeling that you have. It goes beyond, I take care of her. It goes beyond, she takes care of our kids. There, <laughs> I can sum it up this way. God sent her to Minneapolis for us. She is an amazing, amazing blessing to our family. And we are so thankful that God sent you. Thank you for having her. Thank you for having him, that he married her, that she came. Thank you so much. All right. Anything else you want to say on how this began because you were stuck with us? Or do we want to go into just what we've learned? I'm stuck with you, so that's, that's how, it, how it began. And if you're my friend, you'll know this. Friends with me is friends with me forever. So... Um, I will tell you what I have learned being a spiritual mother. And in your notes, you have a verse that's out of Titus that talks about older women looking after the younger women. And I read that in my devotion one day. It was probably about three, four years ago where I had this sudden realization that I was one of the older women. (laughs) 
I don't mind telling y'all, I turned 40 this year. Woo! Celebrating all year long. It's my birthday. If it's your birthday today, I will bow to you. It can be your birthday, but then tomorrow, it's my birthday again. <laughs> and so when I realized, oh, I've switched categories into the older women, I was like, instead of going, oh no, the Bible just called me old, I have a responsibility. Who is around me? And um, in Madison, just fits into that capacity. And I realized that I had to be intentional with her. I can't just hope that I get to be a good influence. I can't just hope that she's doing all right. I have to go to her. I have to say, hey, come over for dinner. Hey, come, come be with us. Don't be by yourself at that campus when you do not have to be. That was part of the speech she got when she first came to school. It's like, don't be alone if you don't have to be alone. You are welcome in my house. You do not have to call me ahead of time. Come anytime you need to be at my house. I've learned that I've got to be a friend. Being a spiritual mother doesn't mean I tell her what to do, although sometimes I really want to. But she's grown, so I'm not going to tell her what to do, but I am going to be her friend and listen to her. And I've also learned that it's come from, I want the best for her. Absolutely, I want the best for her. I'd move heaven and earth for this young lady. I fight for her. I pray for her. I encourage her. And every once in a while, I want to pinch her. (laughs) Just full disclosure, because sometimes your friends are just like, don't do that. But I don't pinch her because, again, she's grown. And you don't pinch grown people. I pinch my children because they're one, five, and seven, and they have to be pinched. But I just threaten. What have you learned? Um, well, as a spiritual daughter, I have learned that God will always place people in your life. This life is not meant to live alone. It's meant to live in community and with people that love you and want to encourage you. And so God is going to place those key people in your life that are going to push you forward and move you forward. It's not you just going through these new seasons and this new life by yourself because I have Portia. I have, I have an incredible mom and aunt and grandmothers that do it too. But I have Portia that's up in Minnesota going through all of those transitions with me. She's pushing me and encouraging me through it. But she is walking with me every single step of the way. She's not at the beginning going, oh, you can do it. She's walking with it or through it with me. And so I've learned that the Lord will always place people in your life, that you're not going to be alone. You're not going to be discouraged, but he's going to have people for you to see the potential in you that you don't see in yourself. So we want to dive into some characteristics of spiritual motherhood. And if you will open up your notes, this is the teacher in me. If you don't have something to write with, grab out your smartphone. You can type it in your phone. Um, Because our prayer is that there will be at least one thing that you take away from this space today. Whatever you have the opportunity to hear the word of God, write down at least something so that you can pray and meditate on it. And the Lord can bring it back to your memory as you're going through your day-to-day and in your regular life. But we're going to talk about five different characteristics of spiritual motherhood and what that looks like and how we can implement that in our life. And so I'm going to let Madison take off with the first two and... I will not interject a lot. You can interject. Um, So first, a spiritual mom is someone that's going to guide you to live a Christ-like life. Um, So they're going to be more than just that motherly figure. They're going to teach you to discern the voice of God. They're going to teach you to be a godly woman. That is their purpose. 
Um, so the v- verse that we're staying in, or I guess I'm staying in, staying is in. Titus 2, 3 through 5. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, big importance there, and to be subject to their husbands so that no one can speak wrongly of the word of God. Um, so the first trait that we're going to, that I'm going to touch on is nurture as a spiritual mother, you nurture by caring for and encouraging the growth. Now for this nurture part, you as a spiritual mother are seeing potential or spiritual gifts, or you're seeing something in your spiritual daughter. And that's why you're pursuing them. That's why you're chasing after them. Um, and you're creating a space for that growth to be nurtured. You're allowing for authenticity. You're allowing for love and encouragement. And you're creating a space where they don't feel by themselves, but they can grow. Um, Portia's big thing is, how's your heart? I always get asked this. And it's my least favorite and my favorite question, because some days I want to punch her in the face and say, I'm not answering. That really makes it sound like we're a little bit violent. We're not. <laughs> We're but actually, we are Texan. <laughs> we're really loving. We're really loving. But on the days that I have to answer, not so good. I don't want to talk to her because I know she's going to correct me. I know she's going to have to say something. And sometimes you just don't want to hear it. Um, but it's her way of analyzing or seeing where I'm at. And so then in that way, she can tell how to encourage me or how to care for me. Um, so for caring for, I think of love. And when you love somebody so much, you want to see them succeed. And Portia loves me so well. She loves her husband so well. She loves her kids so well. Even when they say, Mommy, you're mean, she still loves them. But this love is more than just a motherly love or a, oh, I love you. It is a Christ-like love that's unconditional. It's continual. It never leaves. It's persistent. It, it pursues you. This love is deep. And so when you're loving that person, you're going to encourage them or care for them so that they can succeed. She, she loves me on my bad days and on my good days. And that love is helping me get where I need to be. It's more than just a, I love you, you're great, and leaving. It's a love that is always, always, always there, just like the love of Christ. Then the encouraging Um, I think of push, because it's not, you're doing a great job, I believe in you, then you're done. It's encouraging you to be better. It's pushing you to be better. I asked my friend what she thought of, and she said correction, because if they love me so much, they're going to correct me so that I improve myself or that I better myself. If I'm setting the bar down here, Portia's going to push me and encourage me to set the bar up here. She ain't going to let me leave it down there. There's no way. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Y'all, this young lady, her GPA this last semester is like a 3.7? Three, three. Uh, no, 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 no. Like 3.5, think. 3.5, <laughs> still working, babysitting for us, taking care of her friends. 3.5, ladies and gentlemen. Come on. Barely. She's excellent in all barely. things that she does. Barely. There is no barely about that. She works hard. Okay, sorry. Um. So school is one of them that she does not let you set the bar down low. Um, I lost my place. I'm sorry. That was fun. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but this is pushing them to be a better 
God-fearing woman. When, I am, when my heart's not in the right place, she can push me to put my heart back in the right place and to discern the voice of God. In verse 4 of, our, um, of Titus, it says, Then they can urge the younger woman, and then it continues, so that no one can talk bad about the word of God. This is your chance to really pour into them in the Christian sense, or in that teaching them to be a godly woman is you're pushing them to better themselves, that you're, you see that potential, you see those spiritual gifts, and you're encouraging is further than I believe in you, but more of this is where you need to go to get where God has you to go. Um, so as a spiritual daughter, look for someone who encourages you to be better, because anybody can encourage you. I can tell all of y'all, oh, you're doing a great job, but unless it's deeper, unless it's making you better, that's what's going to make an incredible spiritual mom. So young girls, look for someone that challenges you to be better, that corrects you and pushes you, but encourages you in this incredible love. The second, uh, the second one that I'm going to talk about is mirror. And as a spiritual mother, or spiritual mothers mirror by accurately representing the love of God. Portia is the best at representing love. She is the, the best, best love I've ever seen. She loves Clinton so well and the boys, and she loves people. And I admire that in her. She loves people so well. Even on days where she's like, I am not feeling it. She can love people to the best of it. And so as a spiritual mom, you're mirroring these characteristics that your daughter should want to be like or should pursue. Um, And you do this by living a godly life. You're setting an example. In verse 7, it says, show them an example. Teach them or mirror how to be godly women. In the message version of this verse, it says, and the younger women, by looking at them, will know how to be virtuous. So me watching my spiritual mother or or your spiritual daughter watching you, if you're living a virtuous life, they're going to know how to do that because they're going to mirror your actions. Even as people are watching you at work or in your life or at the grocery store, they are seeing you live a godly example. So if you can live that godly example with all the love and all the wisdom and all the power, they're going to do that as well. I don't know how to do that just by growing up. I know how to do that by watching my mother and my spiritual mother and the family members that I have. So you're teaching them. You're mirroring what a godly life looks like. Um, The way you love people, the way you serve people, the way you talk to people even, the way you drive down the road. I watch Portia in all of her movements. (laughs) Good and bad. There have been a couple bad ones. (laughs) I apologize. After. But I am watching her, and so I'm looking to her to how I should be as a wife, as a mother, as a worker, as a speaker. I am always watching her because I admire to be like her. So spiritual daughters, look for someone that you admire, whose relationship with Jesus that you envy, maybe, because you want to be a better you. You should want to be a better you. And so if you have an incredible spiritual mother in your life, then you can mirror their actions and you grow as a person, but you grow and learn how to teach the younger generation. This is going to be a generational thing. I mean, it's mama, Portia, me. I'm picturing dominoes. (laughs) Yes. Because I know if we go to Pastor Tamara's story, there were women that poured into her and spoke life into her. Mm -hmm. And then she turned around and poured into a group of girls that are serving Jesus today, that are successful today because of what you poured into us. Yeah. 
So some of you right now, you're thinking, oh my goodness. Even I'm listening to this and going, oh my goodness, that's a lot. But there is grace, and I lean into Jesus. Because I am, my husband is here, and he will attest to this, so not perfect. I like to be perfect. I like to strive to be perfect, but perfection is not going to happen on this side of eternity. Um, in fact, I'm a recovering perfectionist. Jesus is helping me every day. And I am learning at 40, I'm still learning that the only way that I can do anything good, the only way that I can do anything that's lasting is because the Holy Spirit has breathed on it, because the Word of God is coming alive in my heart and my life. And what I have learned and what I have received, I turn and I give and I teach to others. And so our next characteristic that we want to talk about is to share wisdom. This does not mean you need to know everything. Uh, Proverbs 19.20 tells us to listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter years. I will be perfectly honest with you that sometimes when I am corrected, I don't like it. And I don't always receive it very well. But thankfully, the Holy Spirit has given me lots of opportunities to be corrected. And so I'm learning how to humble myself and to receive instruction because I want to have the wisdom of God because my own wisdom is not going to get it done. My own wisdom is going to fall short. My own wisdom is not going to be encouraging to Madison or to anybody else that God brings across my path. Um, Proverbs 9.10 tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's not fear like, oh my goodness, God is going to get me. That is fear because he is an awesome and a holy God. And the only way that I even have breath in my lungs is because God has said, you can breathe today. He is amazing. And he has everything that we need to do this life. So in sharing wisdom, sometimes it's just a matter of knowing what you have, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. She's telling you the truth when she's seen it all. She has seen me at my end. Actually, this is both good and bad. She can see my face and know. And I'm like, man... Because sometimes, you know, you don't want everybody to know that you just screamed at your kids before you walked into the church to worship, and you were the wife of Pastor Clinton. Hallelujah. But um, it's all good. It's good to be authentic, and it's good for people to see how you are walking out and working out your salvation with fear and trembling. And there are days that I sprint. There are days that I jog. Guys, there are days that I can barely crawl. She sees it all. And as I am going back to the Lord saying, God, I need your help, it's okay to say, I needed God's wisdom right now. It's okay to use the power of the Holy Spirit to pray because when we don't know what to pray, the Spirit will pray through us. And there are times I am clueless of what to say to this young lady. But we serve a God who says that if we ask him for wisdom, he will give it to us liberally and won't be frustrated that we asked. He won't be like, why don't you know that? He's like, oh, I'm so glad that you came to me. This is what you need to say to her. Or he'll be faithful to bring to your mind what you have read in the word. This is what you need to share with her. You just read that this morning. That's why we got to read our word or listen to our word. I don't know if you guys are audio book people. If you don't have the Bible app, it's great because you can listen to the word of God. I listen and then I play it again because a child has usually talked to me. and I'm like, I don't know what that verse just said. Let's listen to it again. So you want to be able to share what God has done in your life. Look what the Lord has done. That's an old song that we used to sing in church. I don't know if anybody sings it anymore. Probably not. But if we go back to what God has done and tell other people, it's encouraging to her. I remember being 20 and in Bible school. I remember trying to work and live godly behind the curtain. Everybody that goes to Bible school is not serving Jesus. Amen. 
everybody that comes to church on Mother's Day isn't always serving Jesus. But you can change that before you leave this room today. Come on. Share what God has done in your life. You don't have to have a degree in theology. You just have to love the Lord and be seeking Him. Share what God is doing in your life. Share what you are expecting God to do in your life. All of that imparts wisdom to the person that you are encouraging, that you are leading. And it's not a, oh, Madison, hear the great wisdom. Come sit at my feet. I hope it's never like that for you. Once or twice. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just... She's sassy, Tamara. You need to get your kid. I got it from my mama. Y'all know that's true. (laughs) So um, spiritual mothers help younger believers see things from a different perspective. You've been around the block, maybe a few times. You've seen things and experienced things that you can share, which leads into this next thing. When we share from our experience, we can help protect the daughters that God has given us. There are pitfalls that with all of my heart, I want her to sidestep. I don't want Madison to repeat the errors that I made. Now, she is her own person, and she can make her own choices. And those of us that are mothers here in this room, how many times do we have to remind ourselves that? Our kids are their own person, and they're going to make their own choices. And it is hard when we see them make choices that grieve our heart, or we know that grieves the heart of our Heavenly Father, but they have to make their own choices. But that doesn't mean that we still don't protect. And we protect by praying. That is... I could stop there. There should just be one blank. Protect by praying. Because there are things that God has, I know, shielded this young lady from because people are praying for her. There are things that God has shielded you from because people have prayed for you. Um, There's an old gospel singer that I love. Her name's Helen Baylor. And she sang the song, Praying Grandmother. And it's basically her testimony. And where are the grandmothers in the room? Raise your hand, grandmothers, biological grandmothers. There you are. Thank you. You are grandparents because you did not kill your kids. (laughs) That is God's blessing and gift to you. And I pray that I will be found faithful (laughs) and be a grandmother one day (laughs) because I did not kill my kids. (laughs) Hallelujah. Um, Thank you for the prayers that you have prayed for your grandchildren. If you are not a grandmother, but there are young children in your sphere, you can pray for them. You can pray prayers for them that maybe nobody else is praying for them. Protect is more than just don't walk into the street because cars are coming. Protect is, hey, there's a pitfall up here. You need to go around this pitfall. Uh, Let me turn my page right here. 2 Timothy 2.22. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord. Ladies. We have the opportunity as mature believers in the Lord to keep those that are coming behind us from falling into things they do not need to fall into. And in the world that we're living in, it is really easy to get into stuff quickly. And this doesn't mean that we puppet them. This doesn't mean that we rant at them. But if we are walking with our daughters, if we are encouraging them, if we are calling out the best in them, reminding them not what they don't have, but what God has given them, that is a form of protection. And as we are praying for them, there are days that I pray for her. I don't even know before we moved. uh, No, we had already moved and I called her and I was like, I don't know what's going on and you don't have to tell me what's going on, but I just want you to know that I'm praying for you. And I want to remind you that there is a call of God on your life. 
He has plans and purposes for you. And the enemy does not get to have you. Guys, there's a very real devil and we're not giving glory to him. He is defeated in the name of Jesus. And he cannot have the call of God over your life or over the people's life that God has given you to influence. Somebody needs to know that today because of who you are. You are praying for somebody. And because you are praying, the enemy is defeated. And what he has started to do in their life, it will not come to pass. Because God has said it. So I called her. She told me later what was going on. This one. I don't say it the first time. She doesn't. But that's okay. Because I know that when she's ready, she will tell me what was going on and what God did. And I'm just like, oh, thank you, Lord, for prompting me to pray. So that prompt, and you're like, oh, I thought about so-and-so. That was not just because they are a lovely person. That is because the Holy Spirit has brought them to your mind so you will pray. That is why you were thinking about them. I don't know why. Pray. I haven't talked pray. And we might not know to the other side of heaven why, but that is definitely the leading and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Um, Warning them of spiritual danger. Guys, don't let someone walk off a curb. Don't let them walk off a cliff. And I say guys, meaning both men and women here, mothers that are in the room. Portia, I'm not a mom. I called you rightly. Mothers that are in the room. Portia, I'm not mothers that are in the room. God has called you to protect someone. I don't know if it's a family member. I don't know if it's a friend. I don't know who it is, but God has called you as a spiritual mother to protect, to pray, to encourage and to warn of the dangers that are around. I can't do it. Yes, you can. My mom, yes, you can. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You can speak that encouragement. You can speak that love that Madison talked about. We are all mothers. Whether biologically we are mothers or spiritually we are mothers. Because God has and will give us people around us. I'm going to stop talking, kid. It's your turn. All right. Um, So Portia is saying that you're called to be a mom. Whether you think so or not, whether you actually want children or not, you're called to be a spiritual leader, a spiritual mother. That is the, the task, the responsibility that you have been given because you have the ability to do it. You think you don't. Somebody in here is like, no, girl, I don't. You do, because God is giving you the ability. He's giving you the power. You have characteristics of of the Lord, of the Holy Spirit. And he's going to give you that ability to love on somebody unconditionally, even if they're they're not your real kid. He's going to give you that ability to encourage somebody and love them. So I want to challenge you to find that person, men and women, but mamas, I'm talking to you. Find somebody that you're... You're ahead of them. You're, you've already gone through a couple of seasons. You've already turned a couple corners. Find someone whose life you can change because someone needs you. I can tell y'all right now, if y'all watched a movie of my life, y'all would be like, shoot, she needed Portia. Like, I needed Portia. I would not be the girl, the woman, the worker, or the follower of Jesus that I am today without her being in my life. I can promise y'all that. She has changed my life for the better. She has changed my life significantly. And there is somebody in your life that, will do, that you can do that for. 
There, you don't miss an opportunity to change somebody's life. Don't miss an opportunity to tell them about Jesus or to remind them that God is greater than all of your issues, all of your problems, all of your fears, all of your anxieties, because you can do that for them. You can change their life and you can see them succeed. I would have not succeeded without Portia putting a little, I would say spanking, but she didn't spank me. So a little extra push in me. So I want to challenge you to find somebody to pray about that person for the Lord to show you who that is so that you can change their life. Do not miss an opportunity to change someone's life. It's going to be incredible for yourself, but it's going to be incredible for that girl whose life that you just completely change. Number five, healing. All of us have a mom. All of us had a mom. And whether your mother was absent or your mother was awesome, I want to share with you 2 Peter 1.3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. I don't know your stories, but God does. And this verse is in the word of God, which is alive and active, knowing that some of you had absent moms. Some of you, your mom was present, but absent. Some of you, your mother was there, but the things that she said over to you have lodged into your heart, and you took what she said, and it has altered the direction of your life. Some of you might have moments like I have where you feel like you were the worst mom ever because you just lost your patience so many times in that moment. There is grace, and there is mercy. And if we will humble ourselves and say to our kids, which I have, oh my goodness, I've had a dollar for every time. Mama is sorry that she lost her patience with you. That is not your fault. Will you forgive me? Every time. Every time. Yes, Mama. I forgive you. If I could stand in proxy for your mother today and say, I am so sorry for the words I did say that made you believe that you were not enough. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? If your mom was not present on her behalf, I say, I am sorry I was not there when you needed me to be there. Will you forgive me? Forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. It is a choice. Portia, you don't know. No, I don't. But I know that our Heavenly Father told us that if we do not forgive others, we hinder His forgiveness in our own life. And unforgiveness not tended to turns to bitterness. And bitterness will poison you. So there is healing for you today. Don't drink the poison anymore. We sang about the world needs Jesus. That very last verse says, I know my heart needs healing. Will you receive the healing that God has for you today? You don't have to leave broken. 
You don't have to leave bound and bitter. You can leave set free and full of the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. If you've been in a cycle of just, it's been rough with your own kids, do you know that today that can change? When we receive the power of God because he has given us everything for life and godliness. I'm learning with my seven, five, and one-year-old, I desperately have to come before God. I desperately need him. Portia, you sound desperate. I am desperate. Did you? They're seven, five, and one. And they are called to be men of God. And if I do not stay in the word, if I do not stay one with this awesome man right here, if I do not speak life and truth over these children, then I could be a hindrance to the life that God has called them to. So I desperately need the Lord to help me. We're going to pray. And there are two action steps that um, we're going to ask you to, uh, to consider. Number one, the challenge that Madison gave you. Who is it that you have been called to be a spiritual mom to? Who is it that God has given you? Is it somebody in your family? Because it very well could be. Is it someone in your neighborhood? Is it someone here in your church community? It could be someone that you're going to meet this week. And God is preparing your heart today. And that light bulb is going to go off and go, oh, I just, yeah, yes. And that doesn't mean that you go up to someone and say, hi, I'm Portia. I want to be your spiritual mom. That's weird. Don't do that. But be intentional. Be a friend. Be encouraging. And be willing to pray and to walk with. And sometimes it just, it comes out of relationship where you're just, be encouraging to everybody. You know, it might not be the person that God has called you to, but what are you going to lose if you speak life into the young lady that you see? Nothing. You're not going to lose a thing. You're just going to be a blessing to someone. So when we pray, we're going to ask the Lord to bring to your mind or just to confirm what he has already said to you. This is a person that I want you to be more intentional with. The second thing, and this is something I said to Pastor Tamara just yesterday. I was like, I know God wants to heal hearts. Don't let the experience that you had with your mother be a stumbling block anymore. Step on it, step over it in the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing that God does not waste anything. If anything, he will take what the enemy meant to destroy your life and to stymie your growth, and he will use it to give glory and honor to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, because that's what God does with our pain. He takes it, he heals it, and he uses it. I don't know how he does it, but he's God, and he's able to do that. So I'm going to ask that you bow your heads, please. If you're here in this space and you say, that's me, I know that God is calling me to find a young lady, or I know that there's someone already in my life that I need to be more intentional with, would you just raise your hand as a sign of, God, I'm going to say yes to what you've called me to do. I'm going to pour in. I'm going to speak life. I'm going to be encouraging to this young lady that you have brought into my space. So you're raising your hand saying, I'm going to take action with what God has called me to do. Thank you.
thank you so much for saying yes to what God's called you to do and encouraging someone else. And then I'm going to ask, if you have in your heart a space that you need God to heal this morning, would you raise your hand and say, I need God to heal my heart. I need God to come and take what was meant to destroy my life and to turn it around for his glory. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to pray now. God, I thank you for your presence that has been in this place. God, I thank you that you are present everywhere, but today you have made your presence manifest. We know that you are here, and we say thank you. God, we thank you for Mother's Day. God, I thank you for the women who raised their hands this morning and said, I know that there is someone that I am supposed to pour into. God, I thank you that you are giving them the wisdom to speak life. God, I thank you that you are giving them the vision to see the gifts and the callings that you have placed on the people that you've put in their sphere to call those things out. God, I thank you that they are going to blow wind in the sails of the people that you've brought into their influence. God, I thank you that they are going to speak life. They're going to clear away brush so that these lives can grow into the women of God that you have called them to. God, I thank you for the women who said, I have a wound in my heart. God, for the men that have a wound in their heart, I thank you that you are a healer. We speak healing over every heart that is in this house this morning. God, I thank you that in our imperfection as mothers, that you are God. I thank you that you were able to cover over, not that it never happened, but God, you were able to cover and bring healing where hearts have been hardened. They are being softened right now in the name of Jesus. God, where there have been people that have been just stopped in their growth, they've been stopped in coming closer. They've been stopped in running fast after you. God, I thank you that that blockage is being removed in the name of Jesus. We thank you for freedom from past pain. We thank you for new life in you. Thank you that you are a healer. Thank you that you cover us. God, we commit all of these things to you. We commit the words that were shared to you. We love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. Thank you for letting us minister to you this morning. We love you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Grace Hill is always about knowing God and growing in God, and we want to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or a question, you can email us at info at gracehill.cc.